Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. Amen. Hey, how many of you are glad that Jesus changed your life? If you're glad, let him hear right now. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hey. Hey, it's a great day to be together. Welcome everyone, my name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And uh, if, you, if it's your first time here with us, listen, thank you for joining us. It's a different type of weekend, but a very special weekend for us uh, because we're celebrating uh, our former lead pastor, Pastor Rick Blackwood, who we all love so much, amen? amen. And so, man, it's a day to celebrate his life and uh, I want to take the time also to not only celebrate his life but to, and honor his life, but to also celebrate his family and to honor his family. And so I know they're right over there. And so, listen, I know the whole family's there, Rhonda, uh, Natalie, Rebecca, the girls. Listen, thank you so much. Uh, we love you so much. We celebrate you also. And we want to honor you because for 23 long years, uh, you, you know, behind every great pastor is even a greater family. And so a big reason who, that Rick was who he was was because of you. And we thank you because you were there supporting him, encouraging him, and we know how much he loved you. And so, listen, we're praying for you and we honor you because just like we're honoring Pastor Rick and celebrating, we want to honor you and celebrate you. Can we encourage them right now, church family, man? We love you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. In fact, let's pray and thank the Lord. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful, Lord, on this day that we're celebrating, Lord, uh, Pastor Rick and what you did through him here at our church. Father, we also want to thank you for his family, Lord. Father, thank you for them. Lord, they have endured a lot, Lord, throughout the years. But Father, we know, Lord, that you are with them every step of the way, and you're going to be with them in this next season of life. So Father, we thank them. We thank you, Lord, for them. We pray for Rhonda, Natalie, Rebecca, all the granddaughters, Lord. Father, we just pray for them, Lord. Bless them and be with them during this season. We thank you and praise you for them today, Lord. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so listen, if you don't mind, go ahead and remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and also Hebrews chapter 13. And you can follow with me wherever you find yourself, right? Let's do what God's Word says. 
It says, so let us hold fast to the what? To the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is what? Faithful. The Lord is faithful. And then listen to what it says in Hebrews 13. It says, so remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. Listen carefully. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. In other words, God today, as we go through life without wavering, God is encouraging us to remember, right, our great leaders, our great pastor like Pastor Rick Blackwood, and follow his example as we pursue Christ. Amen? Amen. He was a great example of what it meant to do that. That is God's word. You can go into casino, everybody at all campuses. And folks, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, earlier this year, I was having trouble figuring out what to get Ashley for Mother's Day. And so I thought to myself, what's something that she would really love to do, something unique, out of the, you know, out of the ordinary, and something that we can have, to, uh, do fun, uh, have fun doing together. And I thought, what, are we, what about if we took a pottery class? You know, she's always talked about, you know, doing pottery. And I've kind of always wanted to do it too. So I went online, figured, find out a good place, scheduled a class, and I, and I booked it. Now, folks, follow me here. Because on the, day, on the day of, we arrived, and honestly, I was a little concerned that I wasn't going to be very good at it. In fact, I was concerned that we were going to get there and start this pottery class, and I would just be terrible, and it was just going to be a waste of money. And so in my mind, I just thought we were going to sit there, get a lump of clay, and some instructor from the corner of the room would just dictate what we need to do, and we just had to figure it out ourselves. And I thought, man, I'm going to be terrible at this. But folks, to my surprise, our class leader was not only instructing us with words, but check this out. She took the time to model, for, to model it for us physically. In fact, everyone say model. model. Everyone say model for us. Model. Yeah, that, that's what she did for us. In fact, she took the time to go to each of our station, got near us, right, and showed us physically how to do the art of pottery. And family, here's what I realized. If we did not have a class leader, an instructor, right, that, that would come and model for us how to actually do it, I think we would have struggled mightily. But folks, because we had an instructor who not only instructed us with words, but modeled it physically for us, listen, we were able to have a really great time. In fact, the learning curve was cut dramatically. In fact, just take a look at a little bit of what took place.
Pretty cool, right? And folks, it was our first time, and you're not going to believe this, but here's what we did our very first time. Yeah, a little coffee cup. I got to admit, she helped me with this little handle. A little cereal bowl for me for late, uh, for late night. A little, uh, I, I got a little, uh, a little planter for, for, um, for plants and just a big bowl. But folks, here's what I started to realize. Don't miss the whole point of this. Because if we did not have a teacher, right, to model it for us, I really believe we would have struggled mightily and we have, would have never gotten so far in our first class and experienced the joy of the art of pottery. And folks, let me just bring that whole story over to our teaching for today because family, what an example of what a great leader can do for a Christian walk, amen? And by that I mean that just like, listen, my pottery class teacher took that class to model it for us, not only instructing us with words, and, and it was such a blessing for us, just like that. And here's the main idea for today. When a church has a leader that not only instructs their, his people with God's word, but check this out. They also model the Christian life for them. A church is tremendously blessed by that leader. In fact, when we have someone who lives it out on stage and off stage, listen, it helps us grow in a way that we would have ne never otherwise been able to grow, amen? amen? And folks, for over 23 years, we had a great teacher, a great pastor who not only instructed us God's word with passion, with accuracy, with so much love, but listen carefully, he modeled it for us as well. Amen? At church and even at home. And his name was Pastor Rick Blackwood. Can we praise God for Pastor Rick today? Amen? And so you may be sitting here for the first time or maybe, and you're probably wondering, well, Omar, how, do, how did Pastor Rick model our pursuing Christ, a life pursuing the Lord? How did he model that for us? Well, folks, we're going to find out today as we open up God's Word from Hebrews chapter 10, all right? So if you have your Bibles at all campuses, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. You can follow along in the listening guys as well as in our app. And so... Here are three ways that Pastor Rick set the example for us. Christ Fellowship at all campuses. Are you ready? Let me hear you. Come on. Amen. So write this down as point number one, church family. Here you go. Pastor Rick set the example for us by never wavering. The folks, listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without what, church? Wavering. Without what? Wavering. Yeah, without wavering. For he, meaning Christ, who promised is faithful. Amen. You know, the Lord here is commanding all of his people to hold fast to the confession of our hope. And folks, what, what, is, what is the confession of our hope? Listen, very simple. Is the message of the gospel. It's the message that saved our souls. And listen, if you're here today, you're brand new, and you're, not, you're trying to figure out, what, what is God's message for me today? What's the message of the gospel? Let me just share with you so quick, so, so, you know, 
uh, briefly. Listen, the message of the gospel shows us that when God created us, when God created you and me, listen, he created us out of love with and a desire to have a relationship with us, that we would do life with the creator of our soul. But the moment that you and I sinned, the moment that humanity sinned, listen, not only did our sin break that fellowship, that communion with our God, that God who loves us, but what's worse is that our, the consequence of our sin is eternal death separated from God for all eternity. The consequence of sin is that when you die because of our sin, you don't go spend eternity with God. No, you go spend eternity apart from Christ because of our sin. But God, being rich in mercy and love, sends his one and only son to this earth, Jesus Christ. Listen, to live the perfect life of obedience that you and I could never live, no matter how hard we tried. Amen? Amen. He lived the perfect life of obedience before the Father for you. And then he went to the cross, and on that cross, he suffered the pain, the suffering, the shame that was meant for you and that was meant for me. He paid with his life the consequence of your sin. And then he resurrected to new life to give us a future and a hope. And the Bible says that those of us who come to, the, to put our faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. That's the confession. The Bible says that he forgives us of all of our sins. No matter what we've done, he knows that he forgives us. And we re-engage with God and start a personal relationship with God. Because what's separated for us from God, our sin, has been taken care of. Now listen, for all eternity, for the rest of our lives, and even when after we die, listen, we will spend eternity with the Lord. Why? Because our faith in the Lord. Can we praise God for the gospel of Christ? And folks, notice God wants us to hold on to this faith in Christ without wavering. Everyone say without wavering. Everyone say without wavering. Amen. And one, in fact, one of the things that really impacted me about Pastor Rick was that there was never a moment in my life where I sensed that Pastor Rick was wavering from his faith in Christ. And folks, one of the reasons that I say that is because every time that I, that I spoke to Pastor Rick, there was this very unique joy and happiness about Pastor Rick. And folks, listen, this is not manufactured. It's a product of a person who's truly put their faith in Christ or hope in Christ. And in their life, they're not wavering to and fro from that hope. Amen? In fact, when I went to the hospital for the last time to, uh, to see Pastor Rick, the last conversation that I had with him I remember that, you know, we, I was sitting by his side and after he told me how he wanted the funeral and all, and there was a moment we just shared some thoughts with each other. Uh, he, he shared some thoughts with me and I shared some thoughts with him. And then towards the end of the conversation, I said, listen, uh, Rick, is there anything that's on your mind? Is there anything that you, that's on your mind right now? And he said, the only thing, Omar, that I'm concerned about are my thoughts. 
I said, what, what do you mean your thoughts? And he said that what he was concerned about is that with all the medication and all the treatment that he was under, his concern that even as he was getting closer and closer to somewhere along the line because of the medications, that his thoughts would wander away from the Lord. That his mind, that his thoughts would waver from the confession of Christ, would waver and would start thinking things that he shouldn't be thinking. And I said, listen, pastor, and think about this. Listen, Pastor Rick's biggest concern towards the end of his life were that his thoughts would never waver away from the Lord. And I told him, listen, pastor, listen, the Lord, I reminded him, he knows this, the Lord knows that our minds and our brains are feeble, that we are like dust, like scripture says. And so he understands that our minds at certain times, but listen, what God is looking at is not so much the thoughts, but at your heart and the love that you have for him, amen? And he said amen to that. But folks, what a lesson for all of us. Because if there is ever a concern that a child of God should have in their life is that they would ever waver apart from Christ. You want to have a good concern in life? Let that concern of your life is that my thoughts and my life would ever wander from Christ and his gospel. And listen, men, husbands, grandfathers, Listen, you know that I have a heart for you. If you've been in this church, you know, man, my hope is that you live out and become the man that God envisions you to be. And sometimes you wonder, you know, how can I be the spiritual leader? How can I be the man that God is calling me to be? You know what good, simple principle? Do not waver from the confession of our hope, Jesus Christ, amen? So that when, listen carefully, so that when your children, when your grandchildren, when they think of you, they may know, listen, dad, grandpa, he may not be perfect, but man, he never wavered. Amen. He never wavered from the things of God. He was rock steady. And listen, church family, the reason that I would always want to encourage the men is because, listen, when the men of God are leading the charge by never wavering. Listen, not only will they be blessed, their families will be blessed, their families will be healthy. And when we have healthy men and healthy families, we're gonna have a healthy church, amen? And so listen, can we encourage the men, listen, to never waver apart from the gospel of Christ. Folks, here's the second thing I learned. Write this down, it's big number two. The pastorate set the example for us by always encouraging others. In fact, listen to how the passage continues. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, Christ, who promised us, is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but what, church family? Encouraging. Yeah, but encouraging one another. In fact, circle the word encouraging there for just a moment. Because I've told you before that a good way of you thinking about the concept of encouraging 
is coming alongside a person and with words infusing hope back into their heart. Listen, I don't have to tell you that the truth of the matter is that, listen, this life, this world has a way of draining hope from your heart. Issues at work, issues in the family, uncertainty about the future, health issues, all these different things. And let me tell you, this world has a way of draining you from hope, with, of hope. But listen, what God is calling his people is that when you come together, that you would infuse hope and encourage those around you. And listen, many of you may not know this, but I spoke to Pastor Rick four to five times a week. Listen, not only was he my pastor, he was like a father to me, and in many ways, he became one of my closest friends. And so I used to talk to him about all these different things, you know, called about, oh, what's going on with the church, you saw this in the news, whatever, or sports, whatever the case may be. But here's what I always was in awe. It didn't matter what was the topic of conversation, he always took the time towards the end to encourage me. I kid you not. Every single time, he will take time to encourage me. And folks, it was not something forced. It was something just natural that came out of him. In fact, the last time I saw him that I, in that time that I was there at the hospital with him, after our time together, towards the end, he took the time to just look at me and just to encourage me. And I was just in awe. I was just thinking, you know, my goodness, he knows he does not have much time left, but he wanted to be sure that he took that moment with so much on his mind to encourage me. And listen, if you ever talk to Pastor Rick one-on-one, you know, if many of you have, you know that that's who he was, right? You know, there's something about him that you always kind of felt encouraged by him. And even, folks, even if you've never met Pastor Rick, and listen, and you've never saw, listen, if you go back to the archives to all of his sermons, listen, he was a powerful teacher of God's word. And listen, God used him so many times, right, through his spirit, through his word, right? Sometimes we felt convicted about something in our life, right? God used him for that. But, but a hallmark of his teaching is that towards the end, there was always something about it that you always felt encouraged, Amen. Right? That you would walk at those doors. You would walk in and hear this courage. But guess what? The moment you walked out, then you were filled with hope. You were encouraged to take on the, the, the cares and the issues of life. And fam, listen, what a lesson for all of us. Because what if the children of God took the time to encourage other people like Pastor Rick did so much? Folks, what a different church we would be. What a different church any church would be. That when the people of God, when they come, instead of walking in and, and, and be so concerned about complaining about that parking spot they didn't get, or how hot it is, or the guest services, or the coffee, or I didn't get the good seat I want, whatever the case may be, what about what if, instead of us being complaining about things, we've put all of that energy to find people around us to speak 
hope into our heart, into each other's hearts. What a different church every church would be. Folks, not only a church, what an impact would it have on your family? What if your family, instead, what about your marriage? If in your marriage you spent not as much time bickering back and forth and being critical of each other and doing all these things, right? What about if instead of bickering and complaining and being so critical, what if you took that breath and encouraged each other? What a difference your marriage, what a difference your family will be like. And folks, listen, I'm preaching to myself because sometimes when I, when I was around Pastor Rick, my goodness, I'm, I need to be more encouraging to my wife, to my family, to my mom. To, I, I got to be more encouraging myself because ultimately, listen, that's what the Lord has asked us to do. Amen. You know, oftentimes, here's what happens when we come together as a family. Sometimes we just tear each other down instead of building each other up. See, that's why God's word says in Ephesians chapter 4, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for what? For, for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so, in fact, I want to just give a little bit of homework assignment if you want. You know, when you get together with your family or maybe when you go on a date night with your spouse, listen, why don't you take a moment and you know what? I'm going to share with you one or two things that I really appreciate about you. I want to take a time to encourage you. What if we did that as a family? What if you did that to your children? What about if you did that to your spouse? How much life will start being filled into your heart? And so let's, next, next time you guys have family, you want to do something unique, may feel a little uncomfortable at, at first, but I'm telling you by the end of it, you'll feel so encouraged, amen? And so let's be a family, let's be a church that encourages each other. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And lastly, write this down as point number three. Pastor Rick set the example by looking forward to that day. Now folks, listen to how the passage end, continues. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah. Folks, what is this day that the author of Hebrews is telling us here? Listen, is the day that you are going to see Christ face to face. Whether at the second coming of Christ or the moment you pass, listen, and you see the Lord face to face, listen, start looking forward to that day. And so God's design for our families, for our church, is that as we all focus on that day, that we encourage each other as we see that day drawing closer and closer and closer. And you know, towards the end of Pastor Rick's pastorate, it is interesting that we saw a shift in him preaching and teaching more and more about that day, right? The second coming of Christ, when he would make all things new, all these amazing things. And some people would say, Omar, come, come here. Why is Rick teaching 
so much on the end times and the second coming of Christ? Why is he teaching so much? And I used to say, well, I guess he just loves eschatology, right? Which is the study of the end times. But you know, the more I thought about it, it's because he was maturing in his love and longing for Christ. You see, as you get older and you begin to mature in your relationship with the Lord, you are less concerned about the temporal issues of life and the comforts of life. And you're more concerned, right, about that day when you're going to see Christ face to face. See, there's something that when you mature, you stop worrying so much about the insignificant things of life, right? The issues of life that ultimately do not really matter. And when you grow in your love for the Lord, you start longing and looking for that day. All these problems that seem so big start seeming kind of small. Why? Because you're looking towards that day. In fact, listen to Pastor Rick say it himself. Promise to the entire human race. A promise that one day a king of kings would come from heaven to the earth. And this king would establish a kingdom on the earth. And that kingdom would be paradise regained. It would be back to the Garden of Eden. It would be perfect. And that kingdom of the earth would last forever. Listen, people ask me all the time, why do you, why do you want to preach on that so much? I'll tell you why, folks. It's because I nearly died twice. But folks, I had the confidence of the Word of God in me because I knew the evidence that my Savior is the true King of kings. And whether I live or whether I die, it doesn't matter. I will be with Him. And listen, I want you to have that same kind of confidence. And when you face death and face life, you can say the King of Kings, He is the King of Kings, and He lives in my heart. Hey, Amen. Let's praise God for that. Amen. And folks, again, listen. What Pastor wanted you to have was the same confidence he had. That as you go through the highs and lows of life, and even when you get closer to that moment in your life, there is a rock-solid confidence that the Lord is faithful and that everything he's promised will come to pass in short order. Just do not waver from the hope of the gospel. Amen. Amen. You know what, what ultimately, if you think about it, what Rick really was helping us understand is to have an eternal mindset on things. Set your minds on things above. That is why God's word says this. God's word says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, set your minds, child of God. Set your minds on things that are above. Not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, don't you love that? And when Christ, who is your life, when he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So therefore, look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You know, perhaps you walked in through those doors today. Maybe you're one of our campuses. Maybe you're watching online right now. And you're sitting right here and you are burdened with something going on in your life. And this financial issue, this health issue, this circumstance is weighing you so much that it's removed all of your joy. And you're so burdened because of this issue that's going on right now at work or whatever the case may be. And could it be that you're so discouraged, you're so burdened, you're, you lack so much joy. Could it be because you're focusing way too much on the temporal things of life and you're not setting your eyes on the things above? Listen, the thing that you're worried about so much right now, that financial issue, that issue at work, that issue with faith. Listen, what seems so unsurmountable right now and what seems so big right now, let me tell you something. In a few days, in a few months, in a few years, you're going to look back and think sometimes, are, you're going to realize it's not as big as you thought it was. And sometimes you'll ever even start laughing about some of the things that you were so concerned about. Amen? Amen. Because listen, ultimately, you want to live a life full of joy. Listen, I'm not saying not to be concerned, but you cannot be more concerned about the things of today than you are concerned about the things of Christ and what he has for us. Amen? Amen. Can we praise God today for that? Amen? And so, folks, let me go back to the original passage. Listen to what it says again. It says, remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. And consider the outcome of their way of life. Think about this. Remember your leaders and stop and consider their way of life, how they live their life. And then it says, and then imitate their faith. And so we can all agree that Ricky Blackwood, as his, his name was, his formal name was Ricky Blackwood. Ricky Blackwood lived a life well lived. A life worthy of imitating. And the reality is that even though Pastor Rick was a really great example, he wasn't the perfect example. The only perfect example is Jesus Christ, Amen. our Lord. And listen, and if the reason Pastor Rick lived that life was because he was following Christ. In fact, I think if he would be here today, and you kind of know he's the so humble, he would say this to us. He would say, he would echo Paul's words where he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Amen. You know, the reason that we all love Pastor Rick so much is because ultimately it was nothing of Rick Blackwood himself that we loved, but what we loved the most was who Christ was in him. The love that he showed people with the love of Christ, the tenderness, the care, the caring, the all those beautiful attributes of our Lord. 
the shine through Pastor Rick, right? That's ultimately what we love the most about Pastor Rick. It's Christ living in him. And listen, because he gave his life to the Lord when he was 17 years old, the rest of his life, he lived a life in relationship with God. That not only he saw God work and minister to him, his family, his life, his church, but even now, he entered eternity with confidence that all the promises of God will be true. And you, you may be here right now, you may be one of our campuses, and the reality is, is that as you start looking at your life, you're seeing how all your life you're making mistake after mistake. You're trying to go from place to place, try, trying to find satisfaction, trying to find someone to, somehow someone, something to fulfill you, but you've been left empty. And you've been sitting here right now, and you're listening to this message, you're, listen, you're at this church, and you're thinking, you know what, Omar, I don't know that much about anything, but I know that I need God in my life. I'm tired. I'm tired of living life apart from God. I've seen what this world has to show me, and it's nothing. I need God in my life. So you're probably wondering, Omar, how can I start a personal relationship with God like Rick had, like so many people here? How do you do that? Listen, the Bible is very clear. It's not about you tuning in right now. It's not about you sitting in one of our campuses and, 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 and the physical act of sitting down. That doesn't do it. It's not about doing a ritual, some sort of tradition when you were an infant or when you grew up. It's nothing about that. It's not even about going out to the world and doing all these good moral things. It's not even about that either. The Bible says you can do all those things and never have a relationship with God. If you're serious, if you says, you know, I need God in my life. I want a relationship with the Lord. It's very simple. There has to be a moment that you put your faith and trust in what Jesus Christ has done for you. Amen. There has to be a moment that you surrender. That you say, I need God in my life. That you put your faith, not on the things of this world, but on the Lord. And the moment you do that, something very special happens. All those things that you walked in here today, all those shameful things, all that sin that you have not told the soul, listen, the Lord knows it. He knows it. He still loves you. He still died for you. And the moment you do listen, all those shameful things, all the sin that you have, that, you, that you're struggling with, he forgives you. And then something magical happens. After, when you connect yourself to Christ through faith, he then brings you close. You become a child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God. And you start a personal relationship, which what is what God designed for your life all along. A personal relationship with a God who created you and loves you. And listen, for the rest of your life, you will continue this relationship with God until the day that you breathe your last and then you see him face to face and for all eternity, you'll be with the Lord. But listen, there has to be a moment. Everyone has a defining moment in their life. There has to be a moment that says, you know what, I'm tired. I'm done. I need God in my life. The question is, will you put your trust in Christ today? Will you surrender your life today? and experience all that God has for you. This bar has for prayer. Lord, we come together as a church family and we praise you, Lord, for the life of Pastor Rick and follow as he followed you all this, his life. Father, we want to do the same. And we want to follow the example. And Father, we want to live, live a life that's well lived, worthy of being imitated. Lord, give us that grace. Let us be a church, oh Lord. That when the people of the city look at us, they say, I want to be ju just like them because of our relationship with the Lord. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to all of us at all campuses. 
And listen, you may be here and you may be in that st- a moment that maybe you, first time here, you started coming recently and you're thinking, you know what, I'm tired. I've, I need God in my life. Well, listen, if that's you, in a few moments, I'm just going to lead you through a prayer that you can just pray to God. But before I do that, listen, with no one looking around, a few moments, with all, with all heads closed, all eyes closed, and all heads bowed, with no one looking around, in a few moments, I'm just going to ask you to just slip up your hand. And it's, if you're thinking, you know, man, today's a day, man, I'm ready to start this journey with the Lord. And there's something about when, there's some, when, when we do something to confirm, there's something that confirms in our heart that, yes, what I'm feeling right now is what I need. I need God in my life. And so with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you think, if you feel like, man, today's the day I want to start a relationship with God, with no one looking around, eyes closed, just slip up your hand. Say, and, and as a sign, yes, today I want to start a relationship with God. Anybody here today with, I see you over here. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody? I see you, sir. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? Says Omar. That's me. I, I see you in the back. Anybody else? At all campuses. I see you in the back corner. Anybody else? Amen. Listen, you can put your hand at all campuses. Listen, if that's you, listen, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. When you pray, I always like to remind you, do not pray to me. I am not God. I cannot save you. I am simply a man. You pray to the God who loves you, and he's waiting, and he's listening. So pray this quietly to yourself, to the Lord. Lord, today I realize how much I need you. And I'm tired of living life apart from you. So I come before you and I confess all of my sin. I ask you for forgiveness of sin. And today I put my trust and faith in you. I surrender my life, Lord. And for the rest of my life, help me to live a life that honors you, Lord. Guide me, Lord, until the day I see you face to face. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Hey, can we encourage all those who pray that prayer at all campuses? Listen. And praise God, if you pray that prayer, I am telling you, it's the beginning of the rest of your life. It's the best decision to be right with God and to start your, your relationship with Him. So here's what I'm going to encourage you. You pray that prayer, and you know who it is. You know who you are. On the way out of all campuses, you're going to see a Next Step booth. I want to encourage you, stop by there, and then uh, we have a free Bible for you. And just a few moments so that our pastors could then follow up with you, with you in, the next, in the next several days and just help you take steps in your walk with Christ, all right? It's, it's a few moments, but it's going to pay big, big dividends, all right? And so be sure to stop by there. If you're watching online, go to cfmiami.org. And right there, you can fill out the connection card as well.